0: It's been a while, but we're back with a bang on Trimea River, as I spend some time on today's episode with none other than the reigning champion from the Super League Arena Games, one of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed on this podcast, German Olympic hopeful Eustace Nieschlag. Welcome back, if this is your first time tuning into the podcast. You couldn't be more welcome. It's been a slightly mad year. We all know that. And it's hard to believe that it's still rumbling on. Push that all to the side. Let this be a little haven where you can get away from things for half an hour or so. We are going to have fun and it is all going to be based around the wonderful sport of triathlon. As I mentioned in the intro, today's guest has been making waves. He's called Justus Nieschlag. He's from Germany and he is going to do big things in the coming years. We chat to him later in the episode and he tells us about how he's not only looking forward to Tokyo, but also Paris beyond that. Big things lie ahead for this guy. You don't want to miss my chat with him, so please do stick around. As ever, if you want to get in touch, please fire questions, send comments to the different channels that you can get in touch with me. Whether that is Twitter, at the handle, at TryMeARiver, or via email, by sending me a message at Try Me A River, T-R-I, Me A River, at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you, love to hear how you're keeping, how you're getting through this year, how training's going. Farm me your chat. It's always good to keep this a two-way thing. But before we get on to my chat with Eustace, a couple of little bits of news. First and foremost, there is somebody I want to give such an honourable mention to. You've probably seen the story doing the rounds over the last month. Chris nikic is somebody that deserves a little moment in the spotlight here on today's episode. If you happen not to have heard this story, let me introduce you to him. Chris Nikic is the first ever person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman race. The 21-year-old from Orlando not only started... But comfortably finished the 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride and 26.2 mile run within the 17 hour cutoff. To be exact, it was 16 hours, 46 minutes and nine seconds when he crossed the line. Now, there are many, many seasoned club triathletes who have failed to meet the 17 hour cutoff for the Ironman over the years. It was a monumental achievement from Chris for so many reasons. Not only did he experience a lot of the difficulties that people with Down syndrome live with, such as generally decreased muscle tone, Chris had also overcome so many obstacles. At five months old, Chris had undergone heart surgery, He didn't learn to walk independently until he was four years old. He changed school seven times trying to find one that would properly accommodate his needs when it came to the learning difficulties he experienced. And then three years ago, when Chris's dad, Nick Nickich, great name by the way, noticed that Chris was becoming increasingly sedentary and overweight, Nick encouraged Chris to try and get 1% better each day. Starting on that very first day with just one single push-up, that's all. Things progressed, training increased, and three years later, as he was standing in his wetsuit on that start line of Panama City Beach in Florida, he was ready to take on the biggest challenge of his young life. And even during the race, it was no plain sailing for Chris. He crashed and fell off his bike on one of the faster descents of the cycle. He was apparently bitten by ants during one of his drinks breaks, causing his legs to swell, He almost ground to a halt with fatigue on a couple of occasions during the run, but he found the will and the determination to achieve his goal and he kept on going. All the way to the finish line, as I said, after 16 hours and 46 minutes. It's just a massive inspiration to see someone like Chris at such a young age too, triumphing over his struggles and showing that absolutely huge things are possible if you work hard to make something happen. What a fantastic guy. And... Someone with a real sense of humor too. There's an amazing clip of Chris and his dad during training for the Iron Man, where Chris's dad asks him what he wants to do after the Iron Man, and Chris says he wants to go to the nightclub to find some blondes.
1: Where are we going after Iron Man? Nightclub.
0: Nightclub? Who's gonna be at the nightclub?
1: The blondes.
0: The blondes? How many?
1: A lot.
0: A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and There's also a superb motivational speech that Chris gave last year, and I'll throw a link in the description to it, where he finishes by saying, to do him a favour, we can follow two instructions. One, develop a 1% better attitude in your daily lives. And two, help someone with special needs to do the same. Also in the description to this podcast, I've included another link to a brilliant New York Times article telling all you need to know about Chris and his amazing achievements, so please go and give that a read. And maybe while you're thinking about Christmas presents that you could buy and how you might spend your finances over the next few weeks, why not think about checking out some Down Syndrome charities that are out there, whether that is the 1% Better charity that Chris has launched whether that's other great charities like Joy 21 or the Congratulations Project, please go out there, give them a little bit of support. They're doing great work to increase the public profile of people with Down syndrome to show that they're capable of doing absolutely brilliant things. And Chris, if you're listening, my man, big respect, huge achievement. I can say from personal experience of having done a couple of Ironman races, they are in no way easy and there were many times where I wanted to stop before the finish line. So well done, sir. The other thing I want to mention before getting to today's interview is the Daytona PTO Championship that is coming up on the 6th of December. This is going to be so big. So we'll talk about this race more in the next episode. So please do come back for that. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating event. The PTO is the professional triathletes organisation and it is only going to grow bigger and bigger. This is one of the biggest emerging forces in the sport. The PTO supports the body of professional triathletes and according to their website seeks to showcase the passion, talents, determination, struggles and achievements of the dedicated professionals who strive to realise the highest levels of the sport. The great thing about the PTO is that it is trying to follow in the footsteps of other sports, the likes of tennis and golf, where the professionals themselves take on the responsibility to nurture and grow the sport and bring it to a bigger audience, while at the same time looking after themselves and making sure they are fairly compensated for all the training they're putting in. So with all of that in mind, the PT have organised a championship event, which is going to happen at Daytona Beach in Florida. And the start list is a who's who of the triathlon world. Now, this is exciting. And I'll go into this in much more detail in the next episode of the podcast. But they've decided to do it over middle distance. However, it is not just middle distance athletes who are taking part. We've got some from the Olympic world, some from the long distance Ironman world. And it is such a who's who of athletes. So on the female start list, we've got the likes of Nicola Spearig and Holly Lawrence and Annie Haug and Paula Findlay and many, many others. Then down in the men's race, we've got Ali and Johnny Brownlee, Javier Gomez, alongside the long distance daddies like Sebastian Keenler and Lionel Sanders. It's going to be such a great race. So, the distance being raced is a 2km swim, 80km cycle and an 18 k run. With the bike and the run being done round a circuit to make for pretty gripping viewing for us watching online. As I said, it's going to be on the 6th of December. You should all tune in. It's going to be such a good race against these people from different disciplines. It's kind of like pitting the 100m, meter, 200m meter, and 800m track runners together in a 400 meter race it's kind of taking all these athletes out of their particular comfort zone trying to find a middle ground and seeing unofficially who is the best in the world so it'll be a great race that's coming up on the 6th of december as i said at daytona in florida it's all online look it up challengedaytona.com. well worth a watch and we will be reviewing that race when we come back in the next episode but less from me more from today's guest let's go he is 28 years old, he's called Eustace Nieschlag and he is from the triathlon mad nation of Germany, home to giants of the sport such as the mighty Jan Frodeno, Anne Haug, Patrick Lange, Sebastian Kienle amongst many, many others. The Super League Arena Games took place in Rotterdam back in August 2020 to try and find a way to race remotely during this weird lockdown time and... Even though the race took place in a swimming pool and on Zwift and then on treadmills for the run, one man reigned supreme, and that was today's guest, Justus Nieschlag. In our chat, he talks about how he has battled a niggling back injury throughout 2020. He talks about how he'd happily celebrate with a backflip into the water if he secures a medal at next year's Olympic Games. He mentions what it's like to do swim sessions at half past five in the morning on Christmas Day while the rest of us in the world are still in bed. And he tells us about how he builds mental toughness and resilience when approaching fast, furious World Series triathlon races against the very best in the business. It's a great chat. He was a pleasure to speak to. And here he is on this week's
1: episode of Try Me a River
0: this, I just want to have a little bit of a chat about how this year has been for you.
1: Uh, for me, the year was uh, difficult because I was injured and um, yeah, was nearly the whole year working on it uh, that it's getting better. Yeah, In the end, it was nearly uh, off-season. Uh, we got the results of what the problem is and it's a problem of my back and... Yeah, it was really difficult for me to run fast the whole season. And so it was kind of uh, mixed feelings.
0: And was it mostly on the run that you felt this back then when it came on?
1: exactly it was just on the run so the swim and the bike was no problem i think the bike was maybe the main problem um due to the pain but yeah i I just had the problems on the run and so i was not really able to run fast the season maybe you saw uh, hamburg so the first uh, wts race so swim and bike was really good and then the run was kind of horrible for me
0: Yeah. yeah, like in, in Hamburg, you were you were right up at the front after the bike and you were in the front pack of seven or so athletes. And then, yeah, as you said, the run just looked like hard work for you. And was that all due to the back?
1: Uh, yeah, so, so uh, until, the, uh, until the run was really a really good race and I was sitting in the first pack and we worked really hard. And um, yeah, the chase pack also worked quite hard, but uh, we had the gap of, I think, 20 to 30 seconds. And um, yeah, my run was my running performance was not really good, and uh, I think it was uh, kind of the problem of my back. I don't have really the pain during the race. Uh, I can't feel any pain, but uh, in the preparation, uh, I was not able to do a lot of fast sessions or a big amount of of uh, kilometers for running as you need.
0: Yeah, so in in that race in Hamburg, tell me how was it when you came off the bike and you started running. Did you immediately think, oh, wow, this is this is going to be a really tough battle to get to the end? Or what was going through your head when you got off the bike and you were in that front bike?
1: Yeah, after the bike, um, I, I felt not that bad because um, we had that gap of uh, 20 or 30 seconds. And my hope was just to... Yeah, stay with the other guys as long as possible. But after, yeah, I think it was around 500 meters, I recognized, oh, there's no chance to run with them. And um, I think after one and a half K, nearly uh yellow uh, was the first guy who uh, passed me he was from the second pack and um, yeah then a lot of guys passed me and that's always not that easy when when you're in the front and i, I think we were eight guys in the in the first pack and um yeah in the end you got on um, 32 something like that that's that's always not easy um mentally
0: yeah I'd be interested to hear what you think about the mental side of sports. When you're competing at that level and it's a short fast race and I guess you're on your limit for quite a lot of that race. How do you keep yourself going when your body is screaming at you to stop?
1: Yeah I think there's uh, not really a secret it's uh, just in 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 you it's uh, you have to bring it with you when you're doing that kind of sport on such a high level and um, yeah it's it's just around or uh, all about small steps so you don't have to think on the whole race i always try to focus on just at the beginning just for the swim or maybe just for the first boy yeah? sometimes just 200 meters or less so um, you're just going hard to the first boy you're going step by step um yeah through the race mm
0: tell me are you good friends with any of the other triathletes or when you're not racing do you all keep yourselves quite separate you don't have to mention any names
1: (laughs) you know uh, i think uh, triathlon is really a great sport uh, for meeting friends so every weekend uh, there's a, a different race or another race and you're meeting all the athletes again and um yeah, I love training, also training with the international squad. So normally I'm here in Germany, but I, I'm often training with uh, Joe Silva from Portugal. And yeah, also met the Dutch guys and uh, Richard Murray was also staying with the Dutch guys. Yeah, I really enjoy that l- lifestyle. One of those names that you mentioned there was Richard Murray, and he was one of the athletes
0: who you beat in the recent Super League. So yeah, well done. Huge, huge achievement winning that race in Rotterdam because not only did you beat Richard, you beat Javier Gomez, you beat Johnny Brownlee tell me about that day. What did that day feel like?
1: Yeah, thank you. It was was really a special day because before that race I it was not my goal to go there and win. It was just um, my first race after the, the lockdown. So it was kind of a test for me. How is it um, with all the training? How is your back or the running performance? So I was kind of scared <laughs> before the race. And um, I think my advantage was uh, that we were running on the curve trip now. Normally um, outside we're running faster, but on the treadmill you're not possible to run that fast. And that was good for me because I'm, I was not used to running that fast. And yeah, we changed the, uh, the disciplines on each stage. And so we finished in the second stage with a swim and then the last one with a bike. So it was also good for me to do the sprint finish on other disciplines than running. So um, yeah, it was kind of tactical race and uh, really happy that it worked <laughs> that well. Yeah, and the sprint that you finished with
0: was on the bike and it was incredible to watch. You, you were putting out some huge power and one of the great things about doing it on Zwift is that all the statistics come up on the screen for us to watch and we could see how much power you were putting in and it was crazy like at the end you needed about half a minute to recover you were just flopped over your bike what what did that last
1: sprint feel like yeah it was just all out so the stages were really short but in the end you had just 2 minutes in between to rest so you were you can't go all out the whole time so you have to do go really hard but um you have to get some energy for the really final sprint and uh yeah, so it was really hard for me because uh, all the other two stages were uh, even the same, and uh, yeah, happy to to win that uh, sprint against uh, Jonas and all the other guys to get the, the points. Yeah, I did some other races on Swift and also on uh, different platforms. So. Yeah, a little bit of testing before or training, and uh, I knew maybe the best moment to sprint. And I know just from Jonas uh, Schomburg, uh, he was never riding on Swift before, I think. So he was not used to it, so it was kind of an advantage for me.
0: Did that day give you some confidence going into next year and possibly looking at Tokyo? Does it give you confidence that, you know what, you can beat those guys?
1: Yeah, for sure. It was not too bad. And um, I, I know where I have to work on. And it's it's for me, it's a run. And um, yeah, now I'm working to get injury free and to build up the run. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward next year. And hopefully, it's a little bit more normal than this year. And yeah, looking forward some more racing.
0: Yeah. What are your plans for trying to work on the run? So obviously that will involve some physio for your back, I guess. But what uh, specific training do you think you will try and do to help with the
1: run? Uh, not sure now. I think I have to talk to my coach uh, what's uh, the best uh, we, we are going to do. The first step is just staying injury-free. And uh, then I think we have to do um, maybe not that fast intervals, but a little bit longer. I think that that will be the plan but um yeah we have, we have to talk after after my uh rehab so yeah let's see
0: yeah and i was reading that you did gymnastics when you were younger can you still do any gymnastics or do you try and incorporate that into your training
1: yeah exactly uh, i was uh, gymnastic until my 18th birthday and uh, then I decided just to focus on the triathlon because it was a little bit uh, different not difficult but it was uh, dangerous. Uh, I was scared (laughs) of injuries (laughs) and um, until now I can do some stuff on the bars and also on the horizontal bars like doing a backflip and um, yeah some some stuff of this but uh, I'm really uh, careful because I think it's Still uh, dangerous for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But if you win a medal in Tokyo, you could possibly celebrate by doing a backflip into the water.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's no problem. (laughs) (laughs) If it's so, I will do.
0: (laughs) Um, Did you have any sporting heroes growing up? Like, not necessarily even just in triathlon, but in other sports?
1: Um, I don't have one person so I, I'm just looking on different guys and uh, years ago it was Usain Bolt because um, he was celebrating his 100 meter sprint and it was a really great show and uh, yeah that was inspiring and uh, normally I'm just looking around what the other guys are doing and try to learn and um, yeah, find the best way for me. And, and looking ahead to
0: next year, hopefully that involves an Olympic Games. What are your main triathlon goals for 2021?
1: Yeah, so my main goal is for sure the Olympic uh, uh, in Tokyo, the Olympics. And afterwards, uh, I plan to do um, three more years focusing on uh, Paris. And um, beside, I will try to go on the middle distance um qualifying for the worlds um seventy point three uh, I, I just did one middle distance this year um to finish my season and was quite good until the run <laughs> yeah. the run was not too bad but um yeah due to my injury uh, it was not not my performance uh, I can show on the run and I try to improve on on that distance and uh, learning from, from the long distance guys. And yeah, that's, that's my plan for the next two or three years.
0: Hmm. Do you think doing some middle distance and longer uh, racing helps with the sprint and Olympic racing? Because it seems like more of the triathletes at sprint and Olympic level are starting to do some longer races as well.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the athlete but um for me I think it's not too bad because you can get the you have to work really long on the on the middle distance and try to hold the speed it's not that fast but um you can bring this uh, strength uh, on the short distance uh, especially on the t- 10k I think so on 5k I can run quite fast but on 10k there's uh, missing a little bit on the last uh, maybe two or three kilometers. And I think I can improve it um, by doing some middle distance races.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And it seems crazy, but we're nearly in December of 2020 because the year has been so unusual. What does Christmas look like for you? Do you allow yourself any time off training? Is it a big family get-together for you?
1: Uh, normally, it's a big family get-together. And, um really looking forward to meet um, yeah, my sister and my brother and my family and uh, usually I'm, I'm not uh, doing a day off uh, from training so normally I will do a Christmas swim, early swim in the morning I, I think uh, it's uh, at six o'clock and I um, yeah, in the swimming pool it's dark and there's uh, just small lights and it's quite quite cool and uh, afterwards i'm going back for breakfast together so i have to go early swim that i'm just <laughs> in time back for breakfast so <laughs> and what, afterwards um, what time will you wake up on christmas day then yeah 5:30. <laughs> so it's quite early <laughs> and a really long day for me uh, because i have uh, to get all the training uh, between eating and uh, celebrating <laughs> <laughs> and yeah after breakfast I'm normally doing a second uh, second session and um, yeah then we're going to church and uh, enjoying just the day
0: fantastic Eustace I really appreciate your time tonight I hope you get better with the back injury very soon and I'll be thank cheering you on next year
1: thank you very much what an absolute
0: joy to spend a bit of time with Eustace for today's episode. Real treat, and we wish him all the very best in his recovery from that back injury. I think he could do big things at next year's Olympics. I can see him getting a top 10 finish, and who knows, pushing further. You never know. Sometimes you just have a great day, and if he has the right day at the right time, he could be very, very dangerous indeed in Tokyo. It's been great being back with you today. It's been too long, and I apologise for that. We'll try and get back sooner rather than later next time. And as I said, in the next episode, we will be focusing in on the PTO championships that by then will have happened in Florida. And I heartily recommend that you watch those. In particular, looking out for friend of the podcast, Ben Canute from America, who will be racing. Always good to follow up our friends from previous episodes. And I will be back in just a few weeks time with more of the same triathlon chat fun and games. You take care of yourselves. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. See you soon.